Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. Thank you all for coming and praying with me this morning. Go ahead and grab your Bible there. Turn to the book of Ephesians. Thank you, Miss Brandy. Ephesians chapter number 2. You glad that you're saved? Amen. Amen. Let me ask you just to pray for me. I'm having a little bit of trouble with my voice this morning. I think that the, my flesh, the Bible says that the flesh and the spirit are at enmity with one another. Amen. And can I just tell you, I believe that. Let me ask you a simple question. You ever needed to read your Bible or pray, but your flesh just don't want to? Amen. You ever, you know, even thought, it'd be good for me to go pray or good for me to go read your Bible, which flesh just don't want to. What about eating foods? Your flesh ever just, I don't like food anymore. What about TV? Did your flesh ever say, you know what, I just, the things I, the, the, you like doing recreationally, I just don't like those things anymore. No, because the things that please our flesh, our flesh likes. But the things that please the Spirit of God, our flesh doesn't like it. We have to bring it into submission. The Bible says we even have to bring every thought into submission. And this morning, I think my flesh doesn't like what the Lord's trying to do today. Amen. Amen. Last night, I felt some just drainage and allergies up here, sinus stuff, and it's giving me a little trouble. So y'all pray for me. Uh, I had actually intended to sing a song this morning, and and that's not going. That wasn't going to work. Amen. Because of all this, so y'all just pray for me. I, I I don't want there to be any distractions this morning. Amen. And me losing my voice would probably be one. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read there here in a moment. But before we do, I want to, I want to give you some uh, sort of some, some things, a little bit of a testimony uh, concerning these thoughts the Lord has given me. Let me see if I can, yeah, there we go. Just a couple slides. We're not going to do a big slideshow. I think I've got four slides, uh, the scripture and the theme, and we'll look at that together. But in 2021, two years ago now, uh, we, we put this banner up on the wall. And uh, I, from the time I, I really stepped in there in, you know, September 1st, I guess, around September 1st of 2020, and uh, the Lord brought us here and, and, and made me the pastor of this church, and I believe that. Um, the Lord immediately began to deal with my heart about the vision for that next year, and He gave me that verse in Psalm chapter 133, which we looked at over and over again throughout that year about dwelling together in unity. And we've got that banner still hanging on our wall. And there's been times where I've thought about taking that down. You know, I mean, we, it was 2021. It's 2023 now. And every time I thought about it, I thought, well, no, we need to be reminded of that. And so before we go forward, I, I, I'd spent some time praying. Actually, I was listening to a podcast um, that was just a practical sort of ministry podcast. And I don't, I don't have any idea what it was they said uh, anymore, but they said something that brought to my mind uh, these verses in Ephesians. And we're going to go look at them here in a minute. And I began to go and look at those verses later. I, I believe I was, I was walking and listening to a podcast. And when I got done, I went inside and I grabbed my Bible and went and read those verses again uh, in Ephesians. And, and when I did, the Lord put a thought on my heart. And that was, this was the middle of the last year. Uh, because I had been looking, I, you know, I saw a, a, an idea or looking for a sort of quote-unquote vision, a, a simple stated theme slash vision for 2022, and, and the Lord never gave me one. Uh, and I didn't think it would be right to make one. I, I did not want to get ahead of God. I wanted the Lord to lead me. So I, I kept saying, well, if the Lord gives me one in March or April or whatever, we'll do it. He never did. And uh, Brother Joe actually made a statement in, in a testimony, I believe it was Wednesday night, uh, about the last year, about 2022, being transitional. And uh, I know, Brother Joe, you were probably speaking in some things to your own life. I know you went through some things with work and different stuff. But in our church, when he said that, it rung very true. Even in my heart, it felt 
like a transitional year. It felt different to me. Whereas 2021, I felt like the Lord gave us a very clear, I mean, this, this was a clear vision. Uh, the fact of the matter is, in the years before I came here in 2019, first parts of 2020 and, and, and some of those times, this church went through some great trials, uh, some very difficult seasons uh, that, that just happened. And the truth is, churches all over America and all over the world, they deal with those sort of things. It's unfortunate, but as long as we're living in a cursed world, and we are mankind, people make mistakes, and, and things happen, and people let the devil come in, and, and, and that stuff happens, and then churches go through trials. Amen. And that, that's just the, that is the reality of life. That being said, it was, a, it was a difficult time. And I believe that's why the Lord probably laid that, that thought on my heart uh, to look at those verses there in, in Psalm 133 about dwelling together in unity because the truth is, if we're going to have the blessings of God on our church, we're going to have to have unity. God won't bless a church that is not in unity. Uh, God will not grow a church that is not in unity. And uh, I, I went back actually on, the, on our church podcast and listened to that message uh, this week building, uh, leading up to today just because I wanted to go back and listen to that message again and see, you know, it's been a while, uh, see what I said. And, and I made a statement in that message that I believe is very true, and, it, and I didn't know I had said it back then, but the Lord showed it to me about this, this thought we're going to look at today. And that is this, that theme on dwelling together in unity is never ending. Amen. Amen. Most good visions should be never-ending. The truth about the way that God works is uh, God builds, right? And we know in, in Ephesians 2, Jesus is the chief cornerstone, and everything's built on Him. God's, uh, the knowledge of God and the, the service of God is comprehensive. You ever taken an exam in school, and they said it's a comprehensive exam? And what that means is, it's going to cover everything that we built on from the beginning. The very first vision that God gave this church in 2021 was one of unity. And I want to say this, we have got to keep that forever. There'll never be a time when we do not need to be reminded of the importance of the unity of God's people. God hates those that sow discord amongst the brethren. That's what the Bible says. He says he hates it. Uh, God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. We know that. We know that Jesus said all the law is fulfilled in this. Loving God and, and above all else with all thy heart, soul, and mind and loving thy neighbor as thyself, right? John said we know that we are his because we love the brethren. I mean, the Bible's very clear. Unity, unity, unity. And as the Lord put these verses in Ephesians chapter 2 on my heart, as I began to study it, I was just looking purely at this thought. I realized, I actually looked at these verses when we covered that theme on unity. And I didn't even think about it, but really it is a stepping stone of unity. That once we have settled in our heart that we are together, this theme the Lord has laid on my heart for this year is really the next step. And uh, before I get into that, I, I want to give you a little bit, to be honest, I, I struggled this morning. I, I've been very heavy with this message. And I believe it was Wednesday. I sat down and I looked at the outline. I, I had written down different things. And, and I began to just type and write. And the, and the Lord began to put some, He led me, I believe, to give a little bit of, of a testimony about last year being a transitional year. The truth is, for reasons that I cannot properly convey to you, because I don't understand, even now, uh, I, felt, I, I feel like I, I was in, personally, probably the greatest spiritual attack uh, last year than I've ever experienced, personally. Personally, in my life, my walk with God. I'm just going to be transparent. Can y'all go with me on that? There were many nights in 2022 where I slept very little or almost none. And uh, there's been times in my life where it's been like that. I think I'm naturally inclined that way to not sleep well. But I was, I was bothered. It was not a I can't fall asleep. I was bothered about anything and everything. There was an attack in my heart, in my mind, in 2022 that I, I don't understand. Um, 
I've never really been one who I would say <clears throat> that I have been depressed in my whole life that I can think of, which I'm, it's a blessing. It's not true anymore. Last year, there were seasons where I looked at Brooke and I said, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I think I'm depressed. And I don't know why. Um, I told you the very beginning, I, I can't explain it. Could be a number of factors. Could be physical health, right? I know that can cause things. Could be uh, the death of my buddy John at the end of 2021. I know that was a huge trial and sad and difficult for me. But I don't think it was those things. I think it was a spiritual battle that I was facing. I began in my, in, in my own mind and in my own heart to question things like I never have. Not, well, is there a God or anything like that? But things people would say, they would go home with me. Y'all ever experienced that? I'll be, can I be honest? That's never really been a problem for me. People say things, and sometimes they mean it hatefully, or they mean it to hurt you, or they mean it that way, and sometimes they don't. And I've never had in my life, in my adult life, had trouble really with that constantly bothering me. I've usually been able to say, ah, they didn't really mean anything by that. Lord, I know they didn't, and I'll just go on and I'll forget about it. That, that changed in 2022. I began to be constantly tormented with the thoughts of, of things people would say or not say. Amen? And to be honest with you, that was it more than what... It wasn't like I had people come to me in the church and say things. Not that. Not even just in this church, just my whole life. People I love, family members, friends, the church. These thoughts would come in my mind. The devil would put these... I believe it was the attack of the devil. I do. They think this, or they're thinking that, or this, or that. And I, I, I became tense all the time. There were times, not the whole year, but there were seasons where I, I felt locked up. Are y'all okay? I realized that I'm the pastor of this church. And as such, in my own mind, I have this idea. I have to be the best Christian in the church. I'm not. But I need to be. How can I lead God's people if I'm not the strongest? Right? But can I tell you the truth? Last year, there's no way I was the strongest. Not all year long, not every day. Some weeks were better than others, but there were times where I was probably the weakest Christian in this church. I would go home, I would get up in the morning, early, before my whole family, I'd sit down with a cup of coffee, I'd lay out my Bible, and I'd read it, and I'd study, hear nothing from God. God would give me a message, and I'd get up and preach it, but in my chest, I felt a heaviness. In my mind, I felt vacant. I felt like I was absent from my wife, absent from my children, absent from the church, struggling to keep motivated, to do the simplest things that I knew I needed to be doing. Have any of you all ever experienced anything like that? I began to ask God, Lord, what's wrong with me? I'm just being, just being honest with you. I increased my prayer. I prayed more. More in terms of hours prayed. More in terms of prayer lists. I made a list for every day. I was trying to make myself do those things. And I'll be honest with you, there were times where it helped. And I'll tell you the truth, it helped every time. But I did not always feel like it was helping. There were times I prayed for an hour and I felt like my prayers never got above right here. I did not feel the warm, comforting hands of God swooping in and removing all of these fears and all these thoughts from me. I just had to try and buckle down and press through. I'm ashamed to admit to you this morning because I, I'm ashamed of all these things. I am. Whether I should be or not, I feel ashamed. There was even a point this year where someone in the church asked me if I was thinking about leaving the church. And when they did, I realized, I mean, it was in my mind, I thought, no way. Because I had not. It never even crossed my mind. I'm being honest with you. And I, and I wasn't. Now I'm not now, by the way. Just in case you were like, oh, no. No, no, no. Just, and I realized after a little while, it kind of dawned on me, why are they thinking that? Well, it's because I was not up to the task of the attack that was coming on me spiritually. The Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
But I think we misconstrue that sometimes to think that we can handle the devil. We can't. I can't. You can't. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you, right? And I understand, I believe that. But what, when you, what about when you can't resist it? Temptation comes along in a lot of ways, and a lot of times it is to sin. But other times, it's not to sin, it's just to do nothing. The temptation is to just not read your Bible. To just not pray, to not get out of bed. You ever got up in the morning and felt like you couldn't get out of bed? I'll be honest with you, before last year, I couldn't tell you if I ever felt that way. Not in my spirit, in my mind, in my body, yeah, from being sick, but not in my spirit, in my mind. It was a spiritual attack, and that spiritual attack led to the detriment of my own personal life. It led to the detriment of my family. It was an attack on my family. Y'all understand that? An attack of the devil on the, the husband and the father of a home is an attack on the whole family just like it would be if it was the wife. It was an attack on this church of the devil trying to tear me down as the pastor of this church. As the year went on and there were ups and downs and times and different things, I realize now that I failed God in a lot of ways. We fail God every day, I understand that. But in this battle, I felt like a failure. And the only thing I could do, and I got to this point, was say, God, I can't fix this. I mean, I was taking vitamins, right? Taking long walks and praying, physical exercise, working out, listening to preaching, listening to godly music, all the things that you know to do, right? And I felt no better, no different. Finally, I came to a point where I said, God, I, maybe this is just the way I'm going to feel. But I'm not going to stop because I feel this way. And I, did I, did I, was I peak performance? No. There were times I walked in here to preach and I studied and I had the message together and I did the best I could, but the truth is I probably didn't do even halfway justice to what, what should have been done. And anybody else could have done better in that moment because of where I was in my heart and in my mind and in my struggles. But I began to look there and I began to consider and I can't look in the Bible and pray and God, help me, help me, because here's the truth. I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to experience that. I don't want to be in a constant state. But the truth of life is that there are mountaintops and there are valleys. But every valley has an ending. Amen. And I'm not going to tell you, I woke up one morning and had some great eureka and God just, a light shone down out of heaven and smote me off my horse like it did the Apostle Paul. That did not happen, but I will tell you this. God has brought me forward. God has brought me forward. And what is it that's going to do that? Just sticking with it. Just being faithful. And I wasn't always faithful. There's times I, I knew I should have read my Bible. I didn't. Times I should have been praying and I wasn't because I would go, God, I can't even, what's the point? Right? But God has reached down to where I was and he has begun to pull me forward. He did not launch me to a mountaintop. He just, he just held me up. And I understand something. It is God who holds us up. It is God who carries us forward. And here's something that I need this whole church to understand. I am not the force that moves this church forward. I am not the man who holds everything together. It is God who does that. And as God is holding this church together, He is also holding you together, and He is holding me together. I just want you to understand as we look forward. Every message I preach is to me. It's to me first. Before it ever gets to you, God's been hammering it on my heart first. Right? And before, I ever, and before the Holy Spirit comes in here and deals with you about something, odds are He's probably already been dealing with me about it. Because as the under-shepherd of this church, 
God is working as, Jesus Christ working as the head is speaking to me. And I'll tell you, sometimes I get overwhelmed with it. Amen. Because I'm a man. And, and, and just like you're a human being, so am I. And just like you go through trials and struggles, so do I. And you know what that means? We're alike. I am not this thing up here on a pedestal as the pastor of this church. I'm a human being just like you are. And it's just as the messages are preaching to you and trying to reach you and trying to help you, the Holy Spirit's doing the same thing to me. i got to go listen to preaching online because I don't get preached to every Sunday and say, God, hit me hard with something if you need to, right? And as we look forward and we look here in Ephesians chapter number 2, we've read these verses before. Uh, we've, we've looked at them, I know, a dozen times, and we're actually going to be here before too long on our Wednesday night study, but I want us to read this together. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 19, the Bible says, Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Here's what I understand. The truth is, we will only be better together. I told you, dwelling together in unity. And we talked about what that meant, dwelling, and, and the blessing there, the, the oil running down from the beard and through the clothes, as it talks about there in that, in that chapter in, Proverbs, in Psalms 133. We talked about being together, being together, being together. But here's, let's all be honest, especially the men, it seems we think we can do it by ourselves. I did not tell my wife what was going on inside my own head. It was a good long while before I admitted anything to her and finally said, look, something's wrong, right? Not only did I not tell her, I didn't tell anybody else either. You know why? Because I was ashamed. Because I thought, I'm the pastor. I've got to be able to handle this. But you know what the Bible tells me about growth? It happens together. In fact, this passage right here is not about the growth of an individual. It is about the growth of the church. And what I understand about growth, when we know what growth is, it is progression. It's been said that when you stop growing, you start dying. That, that quote, you've probably heard that before. We, if we're not going forward, we're going backward, right? But when we think about it, oftentimes we think about it personally and individually. And by the way, you do need to have personal growth. But God grows the individual for the purpose of growing the body. And the body is the church. And here's the truth. And, and I know it. The Bible says when one is weeping, we're to weep with them. Can I tell you one way I failed the Lord? I didn't want anybody weeping with me. I didn't want to admit to anybody that I was having a hard time. Because I thought it was a sign of weakness. You know what that is? Pride. That's what it is. In my mind, I thought I'm just trying to be strong, you know? But that's not what God wanted me to do at all. What God wanted me to do is to grow together with the church. And when I was going through some pains, instead of letting the church help me, I tried to just help myself. Amen? And I have come to this realization. I will only get better if we get better together. I will only grow if we will grow together. I am using me, I want you to see me this morning as the poster child for what not to do. Amen? If I can't be honest with you about that, then I'm, 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 I'm not being honest. I'm, a, I'm false. I'm a farce. 
I am, you might look up here this morning and say, look, nice suit, nice tie, all that stuff. None of that means anything. I'm just flesh and blood like you, saved by grace. And the only way that this church is going to go forward with me being the servant that God wants me to be as the under-shepherd is that we've got to go forward together. And the thought the Lord laid on my heart very simply is that right there, is we are growing together. We're growing together. Now this right here says we're to dwell together in unity. Dwelling is getting in here and staying. Can I submit to you, since the Lord put that theme in this church, we've had some folks not stay. Sometimes people leave because of sin. Sometimes people leave because God is leading them away. And I believe uh, that we have had some people who have gone on from here because God maybe has something for them different. I'm not going to say he doesn't. We've had some who've gone away from here because of the very things that we dealt with when we were looking at that theme of unity. And that was staying no matter what. Amen? In the middle of all the trial that I was enduring, can I tell you what thought I, I, I had not had when it was asked me? Maybe I should just leave. Why? Well, how hypocritical would it have been for me to stand up here and preach on dwelling together in unity and then the next year jump ship because things got hard? You know what I think? Just like the Lord let Job go through a dark time, and I'm not <laughs> nowhere near Job, I think the Lord did not reach down and rescue me from the attacks that were going on in my heart and mind. Why? I think I need to learn some hard lessons. God ever taught you any hard lessons? We're going to get in the message here in a minute. I, I know that. I've just been testifying. Are you all okay with me this morning? Sometimes we need to learn hard lessons. I, I've learned some tough ones in my life, but last year I think the, the one I needed to learn was this. I'm not an island. Sometimes we think the pastor... I've even heard preachers say the pastor shouldn't be friends with their congregation. They need to stay apart because it causes difficulties and, and temptations and then people get jealous and all kinds of other things. The problem is it's impossible to dwell together if you're not together. It's impossible. And here I am thinking, well, I need to, I need to deal with these things by myself. And I'll be honest, I was withdrawn. Not just from friends, but for, even from my wife. Just from anybody. Just withdrawn. And that was a failure. That was a failure. If we're going to go forward. There might be one here this morning who thinks, well, I know the way we need to go forward. And I know what's best. And this is the way I'm going to go. But that's not the way. If we're going to go forward, we've got to go forward together. The only way we will grow is if we grow together. Let's take a few minutes. I don't even have the time. I won't be long here. Let's take a few minutes and look at these verses. First, I want you to see the people of this building because in the passage, we have two types of comparisons. One is growth and one is building. And they're the same thing in this, in this context. Verse 21 and verse 22, it talks about the growing, groweth, it said there, together groweth. And in verse 22, it said, talks about builded together. It's the same thing with two different words. It's the same idea. And that idea is going forward together. You understand that? Growing. It is getting better, getting stronger, getting bigger, going forward. It is getting closer to being what God has envisioned you to be. That's what it means to grow, right? When we have children, and they're very little, as much as we might want to keep them like this forever, the truth is we are spending their whole lives preparing them for the day that they leave us. The very first mission of the mother and father in the Bible is in Genesis where it said, a man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife. That tells us that a father and a mother's job in life is to prepare their children to go on as full grown, right? That is God's plan for us too. Now, while we never depart from him, he is our bridegroom, right? That's the, that's the cleaving. We cleave to him. But God's plan is for us to grow into what we need to be. We are only going to do that together. The people of this growth, the people of this building are found in verses 19 and 20. 
In verse 19 it said, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints in the household of God. The people of the building said, Ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens. So who is it? Who are the people that are mentioned in verse number 19? It's us. We are these people. We see our scattered past is mentioned there where it said this, Therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners. What does that mean? We used to be strangers and foreigners. To who? Well, to God, right? We were strangers to God, foreigners to God. We had no claim on the gospel or any of those things. You can read about it in earlier verses in that chapter. Verse 12 said that at the time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. So we were without God in the world. We were strangers and foreigners from God. We were also strangers and foreigners from one another. For the most part, most of us here in this room today only know each other because of God. Now, it's, you know, obviously there's some exceptions. Brother Tim, you've got your children and their families here and and some others here who are connected through familial connections, right? Miss Angela, Miss Emily, other ones, Brother Marty, you've got familial connections that whether you were in this church or not, you would know one another. But the truth is, most of y'all would never have met me if it wasn't for the Lord. In fact, looking around, I mean, maybe none of you would have ever met me. I grew up an hour from here, right? Many of you who, who have lived right here in this area, in the greater areas around Shepherdsville, Many of you may have never crossed paths if it were not for God. There was a time when you were strangers and foreigners, not only to God, but to each other. But God has brought us together. And what he's done is he has made us, it says this, fellow citizens. Do you see that? Fellow citizens. That means we are dwelling together as fellow citizens. We are now a part of something together. And that thing that we are a part of together is the church. That's what it is. It is God's building. It is God's inheritance. It is God's uh, husbandry, the Bible says. We, are, we used to be strangers. We were unknown, unrelated, unconnected. We were foreigners. That meant we did not belong here. Right? This is not home. To someone who comes into this church and has never been saved, this place is not home to them. They're foreigners. They're travelers, right? Guests, visitors, but not fellow citizens. A fellow citizen is someone who belongs somewhere with others. You were a stranger. You were a foreigner. But now you are no longer a stranger. Now you are a fellow citizen. You were a foreigner that you did not belong here, but now you do. You belong here. Did you know that? Sometimes the devil might creep into your ear and say, Ah, you don't belong. Yes, you do. There's not a person in this church this morning who does not belong here. If you're saved, this is where you belong. Among God's people. Now God may have a picture for one in this church or for that church or whatever it may be. But God desires for his children to dwell together because we are God's people. We were strangers. We were foreigners. But now we are fellow citizens. That's our scattered past and our saintly present is that we are not what we were. There is a problem when we allow the devil to convince us that we need to stay away from God's people. When we're not comfortable around our brothers and our sisters. When we think, like I said earlier, that we are an island. That is not the way that God has designed His church. In fact, God has designed us literally connected as one body. We cannot operate alone. We cannot operate without Him. 1 Peter 2.10 said, Which in time past were not a people but are now the people of God which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Here's the truth about the people of this building, of this growth. We all have a scattered past. There was a time for each of us when we did not belong. But now, 
We all belong here. We all belong here with verse 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. What does that mean? The church is built on Christ through the apostles and prophets. What's the apostles and prophets? That's this. They're the ones who gave you this. They're the ones who God used to pin this down. It's written by the apostles and the prophets, right? That's what this is. So the, the, the foundation of the apostles and prophets, that's the word of God. And the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, that's salvation. We are brought together in salvation in the word of God. If you're here this morning and you've been saved, you belong here. If you're here this morning and you have not been saved, we want you to belong here. All you got to do is receive a gift. And suddenly, you are a part of God's building. Right? That's the people of the building. Then we see the pieces of the building. Verse 21 says, In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 this. He said, We are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. The pieces of the building. The people who are here, we've got a scattered past, but if you've been saved, you have a saintly present and we belong together. But just being here isn't enough. We are laborers together with God. And if we are laborers together with God, as Paul said there in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, then we are God's husbandry. You know what a husbandry is? A husbandry of the vineyard, right? And it, it is involves growing, right? The husbandry involves growing and cultivating and growing. And then he said this, you're God's building. Well, that involves building things. Both are to construct us in a way that is pleasing to God. You understand? That we would grow together, as the verse said, and be builded together, as the verse said in verse 22. We understand both are the same thought, that we are the pieces of God's building. We are the pieces of God's husbandry. We are to grow together and to be built together. And in order to do so, we have to understand a few things. First, this statement is inclusive. The verse said this, All the building fitly framed together groweth. In whom all the building. Now, this is real deep. But y'all know that word all? This is funny. Because there's some out there who say all doesn't really mean all. But I'm pretty sure all means all. All the building. Who's that? All those who are now fellow citizens in Christ. You're part of this church. You're here this morning. You're a part of this church. That's you. You're all. You are. It's an inclusive statement. It includes everyone who's been saved. The God of heaven who saved us if you're saved this morning, raise your hand. You're testifying before God and the brethren, I'm saved. If God has saved you this morning, you're included in the building. And that building is not this physical church building. The building is you and me. We are God's building. We are. God, who saved us, has brought us here together, all of us, each one a part of God's building. Now, we are all a part of God's church in the greater, I understand, as being saved, we're all part of God's church. But specifically, in how we operate, in how we actually do the work of God, that is designed specifically for this body of believers. You understand? When Paul would write epistles and letters, he would not write them to all the churches of the world. He would write them to the church at Ephesus, the churches at Philippi, the church because he was dealing with bodies of believers because this is how we work. You understand? Now, those messages were universal. But when he was addressing them completely, he said to do the work, he was telling them to do the work there in their church where God has planted them. Now, do you believe that God plants us in works? He puts us where He wants us to be. I believe He does. That means that your work as a laborer of God is as a part of this church building. Are you a member here at Calvary Road Baptist Church? If you are, then God's design is for you to be a part 
of the vision and the building of Calvary Road Baptist Church. That's simple, isn't it? The statement's inclusive. The statement is also instructional. It says this, all the building fitly framed together. Now, have you ever heard anybody say, well, we just, we just don't fit in? Have you ever heard someone say that? Can I submit to you that the problem of fitting in is, is generally a part with the piece, not the whole? God's plan for the church is to be a part of the whole. Now, God is a personal God. But how do we grow according to Scripture? We grow by being fitly framed together, like pieces of a puzzle. If you pick up a puzzle piece and it doesn't fit, the problem is the piece doesn't fit. The problem is not, well, this stinking puzzle's busted. Right? We wouldn't say that. We'd say, this piece ain't right. And you find the right piece. Well, what the thing about God is this. He doesn't throw pieces out. He takes them in his hand and he molds them to fit right where he wants them to go. That's the way God works. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, which we love to quote, Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Right? Verse number 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what does that mean? Let me ask you a question. Has God put you here? That's an important question. If this morning someone would say, Brother Paul, I don't believe God has put me here. I believe God wants me in the mission field, or He wants me at that church down there, or He wants me over here. By the way, God never wants somebody to quit church, ever. And if it's, well, I didn't belong there. No, that ain't right. What it is, is you're not right with God. If you're quitting church, you're not right with God. Amen? I would also say this. When God leads people away from a church, it is because there's a work for them somewhere else. And it's not so they can sit at home. Amen? God has a work. Generally speaking, when God leads people away, He is leading them to something. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be right there on your plate immediately. But if you go home and say, well, I'm done, well, that's not God. That's you. And that's the devil. Amen. God is always leading us toward something, forward. If we're not growing, we're dying. So the instructional thing is this, we're going to be fitly framed together. Now, God is the one who takes us in his hand and makes us fit. Okay? But that will only happen if we are submissive to God. God ain't going to take you and... No, God wants you to submit and present your body as a living sacrifice. And if you will present yourself to God as a sacrifice saying, God... If I'm the problem and I'm not fitting in and it's my way of thinking and it's my way of doing things, change me. Because I know I'm where you want me to be. Put me in where I need to go. Right? How many people have gone through that sort of a transformation by renewing their mind to fit where God has placed them? There are many today in the world who believe what we need to do in order to make this thing grow is we need to transform the church but that's not really what they mean what they mean is we need to conform to the world we need to get rid of the pulpit we need to get rid of old-fashioned music we need to get rid of the old-fashioned bible we need to get rid of it all we need to look like motivational speakers we need to take away the authority of the word of god and we need to look like a rock concert or whatever it is out there because this ain't working we need to conform are you listening to what i'm saying to the world that's not the answer the answer is not conforming to the world. The answer is transforming the individual to fit into the church. God has never conformed himself to what we need him to be. God brings people in and he changes them to be what he wants them to be. You understand? That is what we need. We need to understand that this is an instructional statement that we are to be, we are to be transformed by the renewing of mind. The humankind has an overwhelming sense of individualism. To the point that the world has created idolatry on the altar of identity. Everything in my life is about how I identify, right? But the Bible says this. We're not to conform to the image of the world, 
but we're to transform into what God wants us to be. You know what that means? My identity is in Christ. Period. And anything else is extra. Y'all still with me this morning? We are not going to grow together by bucking against the Word of God, bucking against God leadership through the pastor, bucking against anything that doesn't just exactly suit us and throwing a fit and going on. We're only going to grow together by submitting to God's hand and becoming what God wants us to be. That's what it means to be fitly framed together. So we have to ask this question. Has God, I'm asking, I asked you before, I'm asking you again. Has God placed you here? Amen. If he has, then we must be fitly framed together. Well, what if I don't just fit just right? Well, that's probably an issue with you that God needs to work on. And an issue with me. I'm pretty sure I gave a, a clear example of how that I was trying to be what I thought I needed to be and not letting God fit me into what he wanted me to be. I've had to learn that to be the pastor of this church, God is going to have to change me and fit me where I go. And in order for him to do that, I, I'm going to need to submit to that. And sometimes that is uncomfortable. In fact, I would say a lot of times it's uncomfortable. Failing to be fitly framed together will stunt our growth. Believing that we are right and everybody else is wrong, especially the ones God has placed in our lives to lead us, is like a rebellious teenager who thinks their parents just don't understand. Right? How come we can see that when it's our teenagers or when it's the, the other kids or whatever, but we can't see it when it's us and the work of God? God sometimes has to, and he had to do it to me, thump us on the head and say, hey, are you listening? Right? That's what the Lord is doing. He is working on us. The statement is imperative. All the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple of the Lord. I'm going to read you these verses. I need to move more, hurry to the last thought. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14 says this. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? The whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? But now, God hath set the, hath set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased Him. Talking about being fitly framed. Talking about God taking us as the pieces of this building, the pieces of this husbandry, and allowing Him to work on us and change us and make us fit. Here's what the Bible says. God places the members of the body as it hath pleased Him. You either believe that or you don't. When God brought me here and my family here and we became a part of this church and He set me up as the pastor of this church, I believe it's because He wanted to put me there. And that did not mean I came ready packaged and 100% ready to go. What it meant is God's going to put me there and when I don't fit right, He's going to work and make me fit if I'll submit. Amen. God, just like me, has brought you here. He's put you here and He's got you in this church. And if you just don't fit just right, what He wants to do is He don't want to pluck you out and throw you over there. What He wants to do is He wants to make you fit. If this is where He wants you, then He's going to place you where you go and He's going to work on you to make you fit. Why? Because that's the only way we can grow together. Before you get together groweth, you get fitly framed. You see that? Fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. Until we are fitly framed together, we will not grow into what God wants us to be. We will not see a great growth in numbers in this church until God sends it, and God is not going to send it to a church that is not allowing Him to fit us the way He wants us to be. Amen. We will not see great spiritual revival in a church that refuses to submit to God's hand when He makes us fit. Right? We have got to submit to God so that He can make us what He wants us to be. If they were all one member, where were the body? But now there are many members that says this, yet but one body. We see the purpose of the building finally and we're closing here. 
in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Now these are two sides of the same thing. But in verse number 21, the latter part there, it says, groweth unto an holy temple of the Lord. In other words, the purpose of the building here, right here, and there are many, many purposes that we can look at in the Bible. And by the way, throughout this year, we'll look at many of them, many messages the Lord's already given me on this thought of growing together. But this one particularly, it says here, is that we're to fitly frame together, we groweth into what? A holy temple. In other words, we grow together in godly holiness. A church that becomes more worldly is not growing. Numbers are not a sign of godly growth. If that were the truth, well, there's a whole lot of, you know what the greatest growing religion in the world has been for many, many years now? Islam. Well, the numbers speak for themselves. That we say, well, no, that's not our metric. Well, well then why do we look at, say, a, a, you know, a mega church I won't call any names, I could, that you might know of, who, who don't preach the Bible, they don't preach the gospel. Someone like, I will say this name, Joel Osteen, who had a national platform, had the opportunity to say that Jesus is the way to heaven and wouldn't do it. Can I tell you, the growth of numbers and the millions of dollars pouring into that are not a sign of the approval of God. It's not. So if that, grow, that growth is not our metric, what's our metric? Our metric is this, understanding God is the one who grows us and he does it like he chooses. Are you saying that every small church in America who's never had over, say, 100 or 150 people was not blessed by God? I don't believe that, do you? I also don't believe that every church with over four or 500 is not blessed by God. I believe God has different things for different churches in different places. It is all him setting it as it hath pleased him. What matters is this. If we're growing, we're growing into a holy temple the bible teaches us in first corinthians 6 19 what know you not that your body is the temple of the holy ghost which is in you which you have of god and you're not your own for you are bought with a price therefore glorify god in your body and in your spirit which are god's in first corinthians chapter 3 verse 16 said the same thing know you not that you're the temple of god that the spirit of god dwelleth in you if any man defile the temple of god him shall god destroy for the temple of god is holy which temple ye are here is a thought the church is the body of Christ. The body of Christ is made up by all our bodies. You understand that? The body of Christ is only as holy as the bodies that make it up. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are His temple. A body that is, that is filled with pieces that are unholy is a body that will struggle to grow. Right? That's why I talk about the eyes and the feet and the ears. If, if my feet are wholly unhealthy and damaged, and I'm not doing anything to help them, it is going to affect the whole rest of my body. So if we are growing together, we are becoming holier together. That's what we've got to do. We don't need to step back and say, well, we need to ease up on holiness. No, we need to be as holy as the Bible teaches. Has there been some things that are extra biblical? Sure. But not every standard that was set forth by our forefathers was extra biblical. Amen. If it's in the Word of God, it's in the Word of God. And if the principle is there, we want to be holy, be holy. Growing together into God's, into godly holiness and then growing together in God's habitation. Because you see, that's the thing. It said this, we're builded together in whom ye also are builded together, listen, for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Have you been saved? Amen. Then God dwells in you. Amen. But a habitation is a home. And let me ask you a simple question. Can a saved person be inhospitable to the Holy Spirit? Yeah. If not, then we wouldn't have had those verses we just read. But your body being a temple of the Holy Spirit. Can a church be inhospitable to the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you a church that is inhospitable to the Holy Spirit. A carnal church. 
A church that conforms to the world and refuses to accept the truth of the Word of God is inhospitable to the Holy Spirit. A disunified church. Because God hates it, right? A church that isn't fighting with each other and, and not in unity with the pastor and the, and, and, and the deacon and the Sunday school teachers and the youth ministry and, and all the pieces working together in unity. When they begin to break off, God is displeased. God wants us to dwell together in unity. We agree on that, right? That is an inhospitable church. What's another inhospitable church? A church that refuses to submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, right? Whereby you're sealed in the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit will lead our church. How? Through the Word of God, He will lead our church. When we refuse to submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God, when we refuse to live clean and holy and righteously in this present world, when we refuse to dwell together in unity, what we do is we create a habitation that God is not comfortable in. And that leads to death. Where there is no spirit, there is no life. When you stop growing, you start dying. We understand growth's not measured by the measurements of mankind. We just talked about that. But it's measured by God because the Bible says that God gives the increase. Right? Whether that be numbers or spiritual growth, whatever it is, it's God who does that. We can't fabricate it. If we do, it's false. So here's the question. Are we growing? We are God's husbandry. We're His temple. We're His building. We're His body. Calvary Baptist Church is a part of God's work. We are a body of believers in this place, in this local church. And everything we do for God should come through this Local church, as a part of that body, we should be working together. No man is an island in the work of God. We are one body, many members. And if that is true, then we need to consider ourselves and we need to renew our minds and make a firm decision. Will I be fitly framed together so that I can grow together with this church? Will you be fitly framed together so that you can grow together with this church? We have seen some folks depart. That's a reality of ministry. They left Jesus. Some left Paul. And when they did, it wasn't because of sin. Some left him, and it was. People leave. Sometimes it's because it's what God's doing in their life. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's this. Sometimes it's that. But it's a reality either way. But what about you? Are you willing to be a part, not an island, a part, to grow together? That's what we need, right? Every one, every piece in its place, every one a part of God's building Amen. Amen. Say, so, well, well, I just said, it doesn't matter if you've been here long or if you've been here just a, a week. If you're a part and this is where God wants you, guess what? I need you to be a part. God wants you to be a part of this. What I want is I want you here in your place doing your part. That's what God wants. He wants to take us, put us where we go. And grow us together. And if somebody's in the wrong spot here and he wants to move them over there, then, then we're going to let God do that. Amen. And if God wants to make an adjustment in me here, I'm going to let him do that. And if God needs to make an adjustment in you there, then you need to let him do that. Because I want to grow, don't you? I, when we look back on 2023, can I be honest with you? I don't want it to be a transitional year. I don't want it to be a, well, it was a weird year. Well, I think we've had enough weird years for a while. Y'all good with that? Let's look back on 2023 and say, man, God helped us grow in 2023. So well, maybe our numbers will grow. Maybe they will. Maybe our spirit will grow. Maybe it will. Let, let's, let's let God put us where we go, do what he needs to do with us, and see just what he will do. Amen? Let's all stand together.
Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.